I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song? Episode 155. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. If you're human, I'm sure you have had moments or even seasons of pure hopelessness. Can anybody relate to Job when he declares, I am allotted months of emptiness and nights of misery are apportioned to me. Some of us struggle with depression of various levels when it rears its ugly head during delightful seasons of peace and prosperity and joy, yet the overwhelming emotions pull us into the pit. Shane and Shane put the words of Psalm 13 to a beautiful, soulful melody, and we can use this song to not only direct us to scripture, but meditate on what we will be studying this week. Now, if you're a first-time listener, you need to know that this podcast is not about reviewing the music. It's about letting the music inspire us to pick up God's Word and read it for ourselves. The music then acts as a catalyst to help us meditate on God's Word and then remember the study that we've put in in earlier days. So sometimes references to Scripture uh, are what I call hidden in the lyrics of Christian music, but this week... There's no hiding it. It's not hidden at all. This kind of song is, in my opinion, the most powerful, as all of it is practically uh, word for word, helping us sing this psalm. Now, I'm a little excited about this entire album. I almost want to use it to go over all nine songs that they cover on the album. And and I won't, but don't be surprised if I do use um, a psalm or two on a future podcast, because it's just so powerful when the lyrics come straight from God's word. But you can't just listen to the song. You need to read it for yourself and you need to take some time and study because there are truths that God wants to reveal to you if you will only take the time. Now, before we jump into the song, I'm going to go ahead and just introduce the Bible interaction tool exercises that I used this week in preparation for the podcast. Now, Bible interaction tool exercises, B-I-T-E, I call them bites, uh, help you interact with God's word in various ways, perhaps ways you've never even tried before. And some of them are extremely simple and things that you probably do. I just kind of put them into words for you. So the psalm is this particular week's psalm is six verses. And the way that it's broken up, I'm going to basically share three phases with you as we move two verses at a time through this psalm. So I want you to write out scripture this week. So that's the first bite, uh, the first Bible interaction tool exercise. It's to write out the scripture. So again, I'm going to have you do it two verses at a time because then I want you to respond to those two verses 
through journaling. Now, some of you may never journal, and, and others of you, your journal is second to breathing. You need it to survive. I don't journal as much as I desire to or as much as I probably should. It, But when I do, I'll tell you what, it helps me to get the crazy out. <laughs> so because I can put down all of my irrational thoughts and I don't filter, and we're going to talk more about this as we go along, but this week, it may just help do that for you too, okay? So then you can use this scripture um, and your journaling to pray to the Lord. Now, and whenever you're stuck in what to pray for, you can always pray God's words right back to him. So that's um, a very great Bible interaction tool exercise, especially effective in the Psalms, as, as a lot of times they are songs of praise or prayer back to God anyway. Now, the final bite is to meditate on scripture. Um, I guess it's not the final bite. I've got, I've got one more. But the word for meditate in the Old Testament can actually be translated to sing. So pull this song out, put it on repeat, and help it, uh, let it help you meditate on this psalm this week. You can think about it. You can ponder it. You can sing it. Your journaling all, is also going to help in this meditation phase. Talk about it with someone else. That's a, that's a free bite, by the way. That will help you meditate as well. Now, I did, this is, this is the final bite. I used an outside resource this week because in my research of the backstory on this album, Shane and Shane used this same resource. It's called The Treasury of David by Charles Spurgeon, who is um, an 1800s preacher. And there are various ways to access this resource. It is a three-volume bound book set. <laughs> so, But I was able to download it. I use my Kindle app on my iPhone iPad. And so I was able to download it through the Kindle app for less than $5. You could spend $30 to $50 if you want in a hardbound book. And, and I may spring for that in the future. It was that wonderful. It's going to be a really, really good resource. This will be a treasured resource for many future podcasts of mine and, and future devotions that I write. So using an outside resource or commentary is another Bible interaction tool exercise. And I will go ahead and link to that um, version that I downloaded on my Kindle app in the show notes. And that's a great place for me to add that you can access each week's show notes with, um, and they, it includes most of the scriptures that I reference, all the resources that I talk about, l some links to the song, a link to the song or video or lyric video in YouTube, um, just kind of a bulleted outline. All of that I put in the show notes each week, and you can access that for free by heading over to michellekneezat.com. And if you go michellekneezat.com forward slash whatever episode you're looking for. So for example, this week's show notes will be at michellekneezat.com forward slash 155. So let's jump into scripture and use our song this week to help us do it. How long, oh Lord, will you forget me? How long, Lord, will you hide? Hide your face from me. Psalm 13, 1 and 2 says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? 
this song is word for word coming from the scripture. Can I tell you how excited I am? This is going to be a supremely powerful tool if you do the work this week and then put this song on repeat. Trust me. Now, this psalm, when you read it in its entirety, which I recommend that you do before picking apart the sections, it's six verses, y'all. You can do this. And it begins with mourning or a sorrow, and it transitions to prayer and then ends in rejoicing. And let me just stop and say, dear friend, if you are in a season of sorrow, don't stay there. Cry out, process through the pain, and make your way to trust and joy. And we see an example of that in this week's psalm. As I said at the top of the podcast, this is an emotional psalm. It is often called the howling song by theologians. And and, and I love the howling vibe that Shane and Shane did with it. But I have been there. How about you? I've been in deep sorrow where all I could do is howl at the Lord. I, I think there's a place for that deep cry that how long how how long so after you write out those first two verses okay remember our bible interaction tool exercises to write out the first two verses then journal your own sorrow your pain your season of mourning journal about that ask god the questions you're feeling in your heart feelings like where were you or where are you those kinds of questions david is asking god why he forgot him Can God really forget? No, but just because you know that truth doesn't mean you always feel it. So journal a crazy out. You know he doesn't forget. So And so sometimes we're not willing to admit that it feels like he has, right? He doesn't forget. I can't feel this way. I'm not supposed to. But but journal it out. Journal that crazy out. Spurgeon comments that a hidden face is no sign of a forgetful heart. And, you know, it says, how long will you hide your face from me? But if I can't see my father's face, if I can't see his smile, I tend to stay in despair. So I understand this howling that the psalm that David is doing here. Andrew Fuller says this, it is not under the sharpest, but the longest trials that we are most in danger of fainting. So this is obviously a long trial for David, for him to cry out, how long? And I know that many of you are in the midst of a long trial, a a, a never-ending season, a, a continuous loop. Read, pray, and journal your own how long cry to God. Now, verse 2 says, How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? What does that mean here to take counsel in my soul? Well, Spurgeon explains that in the original is the idea of laying up counsels in his heart. So laying up advice in his heart, suggestions leading to his freedom from sorrow, right? So giving yourself advice on how you're going to get out of this mess. And obviously none of the plans or advice in his heart has led to his escape. So Um, That isn't, ponder that this week, you know, how often do we lay up advice in our own heart before crying out to God? And then his next question is, how long shall my enemy be exalted over me? When you add to the internal sorrow of the heart, the external gloating of the enemy, you know what it's like, don't you? You're down and you're sorrowful and depressed and disappointed. You're beating yourself up and then bam, he has to send that email. 
She just had to get that jab in. He just had to make that comment on social media. And if they only knew the depth of sorrow, or do they not care anyway? I mean, after all, God seems to have turned away. Why shouldn't they pile on? These are the kinds of feelings that, that David is, is, is talking about here in this psalm. You know, Spurgeon adds, ruminating upon trouble is bitter work. So let's move on to verses three and four. Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. So now we're seeing the mourning, this cry and the sorrow turn to prayer. This is the turning point in the psalm. And this can also be the turning point in your journey, in your sorrow, is, is the turning to prayer. David's turning from accusation to plea. You know, the giant emotional ship is beginning to correct. He says, consider and answer me. I love what Spurgeon has to say here. He poses the question, is it not a very glorious fact that our interest in our God is not destroyed by all our trials and sorrows? You know, we may start out by accusing God of forgetting us and of hiding his face, but in the depths, we still know and cling to my Lord, my God. We know he is there to hear our plea, else we would not cry out at all. The Hebrew word for consider here in its root form is look, which is by the way what Shane and Shane chose to use in their lyrics in this section. But our psalm opens with a cry of woe that God has hidden his face. So it makes sense that that desperate plea of our heart is to look at me. Don't you see my pain and my struggle, God? But don't just look. Don't just consider. Answer me. He goes on to say, light up my eyes, the psalm says. It is so hard in our dark and sorrowful places to see clearly or to see it all. And it is in these times that we should cry out that God would add light to the situation. Help me see the right way. Lest I sleep the sleep of death. You know, Spurgeon adds here, David feared that his trials would end his life. And he rightly uses his fear as an argument with God in prayer. For deep distress has in it a kind of claim upon compassion, not a claim of right, but a plea which has power with grace. He says, lest my enemy say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. I love this part in David's prayer. It reminds me of Moses' prayer to God when, when God threatened to remove his presence after he rescued the Hebrew people from Egypt. You know, Moses uses the argument that God would look foolish or weak to the surrounding nations if he rescued the Hebrews and just left them to die in the desert. So David is making this same case. Why let the enemy boast? And Spurgeon contends, God's honor and our salvation are intimately connected that they stand and fall together. And our song breaks away from a, almost a literal word-for-word -word representation of Psalm 13 in the chorus. I want you to listen.
This chorus makes me think of the beginning of Psalm 40, and it should bring even the most sorrowful spirit comfort. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. So we have come from mourning to prayer, and now we enter rejoicing in verses 5 and 6. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. If you listen to the entire song by Shane and Shane, they use that in the bridge. It is beautiful. And Spurgeon declares, the mercy seat has so refreshed the poor weeper that he clears his throat for a song. I love that I can see myself in David's Psalms, especially these that begin with sorrow and end in joy like this one. And sometimes he does the opposite, and I can relate to that too, starting in joy and ending in sorrow. You know, sometimes it seems when you're reading these psalms that it's written by two different people, depending on what part of the psalm you're in. And I can relate to that too, can't you? I mean, just, I I can relate. And mostly because David was human like us. You know, whether or not we would describe ourselves as a man or woman after God's own heart or not, even David wavers in his emotions. And consider that his joy may be all the greater because of the depth of his previous sorrow. This psalm ends with a retraction of his previous claim that God has forgotten him. What a glorious process it is to experience and journal our raw emotions, feelings, just journaling all that. And dare I say accusations of our father. Not stopping there, we cry out to God, waiting on his answer that will surely come, all the while celebrating our salvation and declaring our trust in his love and singing. Why? Because although we can recount our sorrows, we can recount his favor and blessings too. We can remember how bountifully he has dealt with us. So what's next? We'll read all of Psalm 13, then write out the psalm two verses at a time and journal beneath those sections. Uh, Then pray this psalm, you know, pray through your journaling and finally put this song on repeat and uh, let it help you meditate on the scripture that you've studied and embrace yourself. It's going to be a powerful and enlightening week. And then while you're in God's word, uh, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. You can hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Facebook. Michelle L. Nizat is my, my public page. And let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to shout out to Elise from South Africa, Alicia from Texas, Jennifer from Michigan, Deborah from California, Adrian from Pennsylvania, Valerie from Georgia, Remia from India, and Karen from Missouri. These are my newest subscribers to my website. Welcome. Now, the benefit of subscribing is that I will email you once a week. And in that email, you will get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can even print it out. You'll get an email recap of the week's episode, uh, as I mentioned before in the show notes. And you get access to any of the resources that I create for my episode from time to time. And all of that is just my way to say thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today.
Now, don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe directly in iTunes. And while you're there, leave me a written review and a star rating. This really encourages me, of course, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. And just like Brittany from Kentucky, who wrote this week, this podcast is well organized with content, but also structure. She encourages you to study God's word with intentionality, giving helpful Bible interaction tools that are practical ways to engage in Bible study. I like that each podcast has a rhythm for how she presents the information. Overall, I enjoy listening and learning from these podcasts. They are just enjoyable to listen to, encouraging and motivating. Wow. Thank you so much, Brittany. I really appreciate it. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use the song Giants Fall by Francesca Battistelli. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 155. And then while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.